From the New York Times, I'm Michael Mabaro, and this is the Schweekly. Today, we discuss what we've learned so far from the confirmation hearings of President Biden's first nominee to the Supreme Court, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. I spoke to my colleague, Professor of African American Studies at Howard University, Dr. John Whiteperson, about the key moments that marked the hearings. It's Tuesday, March 8th. So, Dr. Whiteperson, To set the stage, it seems that Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson's nomination has been met with quite a bit of resistance. But despite that resistance, many still believe that she'll be confirmed by a very narrow margin. So it would seem like the outcome of her hearing is crucial. But the real question is, considering the opposition from Senate Republicans and the case they'd make against her, would those arguments endanger her support from Democrats? So, Michael. It would be better if I answered that question in two parts. The first question would be, what arguments Republican senators are leveling against Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson? That question, or the answer to that question, rather, becomes apparent when you listen to the line of questioning coming from the Republican members of the Judiciary Committee and really read between the lines. The second would be, what conclusions would the more hesitant Democrats draw from Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson's answers? So, Doctor, what kinds of questions have been asked of Judge Jackson? That's the interesting thing, Michael. What some people might see as questions, others might see them as accusations. Hmm. What concerns me, Judge Jackson, is your involvement with what has come to my attention to be known as cookouts. Let's back up for a second. Dr. Whiteperson, what exactly is a cookout? Well, Michael, the etymology of the word cookout comes from the Afrikaans word kuk-uit. And what it is, is a gathering of 20 to 500 people, usually of African-American descent, coming together as family and friends to eat, drink, and maybe smoke. The white equivalent would be something along the lines of a barbecue or in Hawaiian culture, what's known as a kuku-kuku-nuku-nuku-kuku-apu-a-a-au. I've also heard of block parties. Is that the same thing? (laughs) You know, you're not the first person to make that mistake, Michael. How can I say this? Let's see if I can spell it out with this analogy. Cookouts are to block parties what barbecues are to Woodstock 69. And I'll confess, Judge Jackson... As I listen to your testimony, I believe that you are someone who is compassionate. I believe that you care for your children and other people's children. But I also see a record of activism and advocacy originating from these cookouts. And that is concerning. One of the allegations that Ted Cruz has made against Judge Jackson is that the cookouts are more insidious than they seem. Judge Jackson, what can you tell me about critical race theory, also known in the streets as CRT? And I must confess, I just learned the term critical race theory while standing in the hallway before today's hearing. And I was appalled and confused. And then that got me thinking about cookouts. Now, I myself have never been invited to a cookout. 
But I can only imagine that if I've never been invited to one, it's because of all the critical race theory going on over there. Cookouts are a think tank for critical race theory. I don't know about my fellow members on this hearing committee, but I think I can speak for all of them when I say that I am appalled and confused. Hmm. There seems to be a lot of confusion about critical race theory. Dr. Whiteperson, could you please explain what critical race theory is in three words or less? I'd love to. So, what critical race theory, aka CRT, is, is a cross-disciplinary intellectual and social movement of civil rights scholars and activists who seek to examine the intersection of race, society, and law in the United States, and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. What? What do you have to say to all the mothers whose children have fallen victim to the evil, mischievous, and pestiferous critical race theory? I spoke to one such mother, a mother in Lebanon County, Pennsylvania, worried about her child, who reported to me while I was in the hallway this morning before today's hearing that she herself found a book on CRT in her daughter's sock drawer. What do you have to say to that? Wow, that's a big accusation to throw out there. So how did Judge Jackson respond to the allegations? She seemed taken aback at first, but answered with tact and poise. Senator, I do not believe that every cookout is a hotbed for critical race theory. I don't believe in that. But I will say that when you asked me whether or not this was spreading through our communities, through backyard family gatherings, my understanding is critical race theory as an academic theory is taught in law schools. To your point about mothers against critical race theory. So you agree that critical race theory is discussed at these cookouts? I don't know. I don't go to every cookout. I go to the occasional cookout but I cannot make a broad statement on every single cookout that's ever happened. Well, and I'll note, Professor Fairfax, your college roommate who introduced you yesterday, the two of you threw a cookout together. Anyway? Hmm. So, Dr. Whiteperson, this is starting to sound less like a confirmation hearing and more like a cross-examination. That's absolutely right, Michael. Although Judge Jackson knew what she was getting into, and as much as she prepared, she was definitely not prepared for this next line of questioning by Senator Lindsey Graham. Now, would I, nay, the whole country wants to know, Judge Jackson, is where were you on 9-11? What? A cookout, perhaps? No. All right, just checking. Wow. It can't possibly get more ridiculous than accusing her of being involved in the 9-11 attacks. Well, Michael, with as clean a record as Judge Jackson's, you would be surprised at the length Republican senators would go to discredit her. Take this question from Kentucky Senator Foghorn Leghorn. Well, I say, I say, Judge Jackson, I have heard of this land called Wakanda, but I could not find it on any map that I own. Please enlighten us. Where is Wakanda? Well, and do they have cookouts over there? Senator Leghorn, I must ask you to clarify where you're going with this and what this has to do with my work as a judge. I say, I say, I'm getting there. 
From what I understand, Wakanda is in possession of resources the United States of America can only dream of, such as the versatile and nigh-indestructible metal known as vibranium. Are these resources being used to fund Isis's Black Lives Matter chapter? Senator. Now they say Wakanda forever. But what do they mean by forever? Could it be that Wakanda has a time machine? And what is it that they want to accomplish with this time machine? Go back in time? Prevent slavery from ever happening? And if we could get our hands on that dang-dong time machine, can we turn Wakanda forever into Wakanda for never? Uh. I have no more questions. The prosecution rests. Hmm. <laughs> you could say that again. Hmm. So it seems like these Republican senators are trying to do everything in their power to prevent a smooth transition into the Supreme Court for Judge Jackson. The only question is, why? What is it about this particular judge that is different from any judge that came before her? That is the question, Michael. There seems to be something about Judge Katanji Brown Jackson that rubs these senators the wrong way. And in all my years as a student of African-American culture, I've never seen anything like it. What could it possibly be? We may never know. Thank you, Dr. White Person. Later that afternoon, with their minds made up a long time ago, the Senate assembled to cast their vote for America's next Supreme Court justice. The vote count consisted of 53 yeas and 47 oh please God knows. The confirmation of Justice Katanji Brown Jackson will be remembered as a historic milestone for the Supreme Court and the federal judiciary. Justice Katanji Brown Jackson will also win a cash prize of 100,000 doulas and a one-year supply of Anastasia Beverly Hills Cosmetics. But to say that this was a contentious vote would be an understatement. With Suzanne Collins of Maine, Mitt Romney of Utah, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska being the only Republican senators joining Democrats to vote in favor, the remaining Republican senators did not hold back in their opposition. Judge Jackson has a marvelous legal education. She has a vast practical experience, something I think is a real plus. I will vote no. I can definitely say that I like her. I think she's a good person, but I cannot support her. She seems like a wonderful human being. She comes with some impressive qualifications, academically and professionally. I'll vote no. While I respect that she's the one who's political but loud and I have to say no. Well, I do appreciate that she stabbed Gaddafi in the asshole, allowing the rebels to storm his palace. No! While she is the avatar, master of all four elements, it is because she spared Fire Lord Ozai that I cannot vote in favor of her today. While I do appreciate that she has brought balance to the multiverse, I say I say no. 
President Biden congratulated Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson in the wake of the historical confirmation hearing. We're visiting our troops and they had pizza pie with hot peppers on it. Fuck. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. We'll be right back. Critics are calling Superbad on Broadway an epic modern myth with high-spirited fun, wickedly good tunes, and eye-popping visuals. From the people who brought you King Kong on Broadway, come watch as the same innovative mix of animatronics, puppetry, and music bring 2007 Jonah Hill back to life. You won't want to miss this epic yet heartwarming tale of three unpopular high school boys trying to lose their virginity before going off to college. Now for 16 weeks at the Winter Garden Theater. For tickets, go to www.superbadonbroadway.com and let the memories live again. Here's what else you need to know today. England's mommy, Queen Elizabeth II, has just died at the age of 96 years old. Now, King Charles III will take her place on the throne, but only time can tell whether England will truly accept him as their real daddy. The Schweekly was created, written, and produced by Christian Espinal and Poopy Rubin. Today's episode was voiced by Christian Espinal, Brandon Puff, Poopy Rubin, Krista Commodore, and Stephanie O. Our theme music is by Rusty Mack. That's it for the Shweekly. I'm Michael Mabaro. See you next week.